1: Podcast Appetite for Distortion, episode number three hundred and sixty-five. My name is Brando. On the line, we have from White Snake and trans Siberian Orchestra, and sometimes share Joel Holkstra. How are you, sir?
0: I'm doing great. Thanks so much for taking the time out today.
1: You are a busy guy. I think I should be I'm thanking you for taking your time. I was looking at your Twitter and how many interviews. Do you have 25 today, or is that... <laughs> <you> know,
0: so, <laughs> I think I'm doing 12, 12 today, maybe finishing up those 25 tomorrow, but I, yeah, I did, you know, it's it's been quite a week. The uh, previous couple of days have been around that same number each day, I think 12 and 14 or something like that, so um, yeah, you know, we're working hard on getting the word out there, but it's a labor of love. It's all good, man.
1: Yeah, right on, and I don't know if you remember, because obviously we're on the phone right now, but during one of your interviews early this week, we got to meet uh, when you were at Q1043. Do you remember? Oh, right on. Yeah, the producer.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, right on, dude. Yeah. Awesome. all
1: right. I know, it's funny, because uh, I play producer sometimes. I have my own little podcast that Jim Kerr lets me talk about. So, yeah, you were at Q1043 on Monday, of course, talking about the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, the, you know, big, big, all across the United States uh, tour that's happening that's kicking off in November and, if you're in my neck of the woods, it's in New Jersey. But I was wearing uh, – because I'm a you know radio guy. I, I don't know why I have a habit of wearing radio shirts from the stations I'm not from. <laughs> so I was wearing a, a Chicago uh, The Loop T-shirt, which you immediately recognized because you're from Chicago. Yeah. So I guess –
0: I've thought about getting a loop t-shirt over the years. i've I, I because you know, I grew up listening to that station. I grew up listening to that and w m e t, you know all the, we had a cool we had some cool classic rock stations when I was a kid in Chicago. so there there's been a couple of times I've thought to myself, I should get a loop t-shirt. I always like the loop.
1: Well, next time you go to a Cubs game, that's where I got mine bootleg right outside. Is that right? okay? All right. yeah, cool. I, I wish I could pretend to be cooler. I, I never worked there. I wish I did. But I guess with that, because you're a Chicago guy and obviously you're, you're traveling all over the country this year with TSO and in your career with Whitesnake and Night Ranger. Do you have a favorite city to play in? Is it your hometown, Chicago, or, you know, a few cities that maybe um, mean a lot to you?
0: You know, I, I really don't. I think, you, you know, the more you tour and the more you get out there internationally and get around the world. Ah uh, the more you kind of realize that there's something to be said for every every area you get to, you know um so big cities are great, but there's also something really amazing about playing small towns you know you wake up and there's one coffee shop in town and you walk you know you <laughs> walk down the street and you everything's so quiet, you know and i I live in Manhattan, so I'm used to constant you know noise and cars and so, you know, that can be an amazing thing as well. So I just kind of dig the process of touring and just kind of soaking in like wherever it is I am and, and kind of the adventure of the day, like making something of the day.
1: Right on. And as that's, I I don't know if you can tell from my accent, you're not, you're from Chicago living in Manhattan now. I'm from Long Island, Brooklyn. I've always been in New Yorker my entire life. Um, and, and growing up, I, I got to throw this in awkwardly because it is what it is. I'm Jewish. So I didn't have a lot of Christmas music growing up. If anything, I admit this, and I have to my therapist who have spoken about this, that I've just been jealous of Christmas music, always feeling left <laughs> out <laughs> growing up. I wish I was trying to be funny. Like, I am trying to be funny a little bit, but it's the truth. Growing up, I felt left out. Then I got into radio. So one of the places uh, in my past life was WPDH in, in, in Poughkeepsie. And I just remember playing TSO, and hearing it for the first time, Trans Siberian Orchestra, and just being blown away and being like, "Yes, Christmas music, I can rock to." Yes, I have no problem enjoying this. Do you remember the first time? <laughs> Do you remember the first time that you heard the the idea, the birth child, the Paul Neal? The first time you heard Trans Siberian Orchestra,
0: I can't cite you know like where I was or anything Sorry. like that. But yeah, I definitely remember it coming around. Absolutely. You know, I, I remember that moment of going, oh, wow! finally, there's a rock band playing Christmas stuff. That makes sense. You know, it's about time for that.
1: It was just really cool. I, it was just, uh, it's again, I, I, there's always that joke that a lot of most Christmas music is written by or written by Jews, but I don't get it. (laughs) It's the truth. Look it up, look it up. But at least this is a music that we, uh, we all can enjoy. Um, you know, there was something, a question I wanted to ask you after you had left on Monday with Jim Kerr. He goes to me. Jim is great. He's always, he might have even said it to your, um, your manager. He goes, Brandon has a Guns N' Roses podcast. He tries to pimp me out more than I do myself. And he's like, there's a, maybe you know the answer. I couldn't find it on the, on the Trans-Siberian Orchestra website. He's like, there's a female guitarist on the West Coast version of TSO that opened for Slash. And the only female artists that I saw on the website were either a keyboardist or a singer. Do you know who he was talking about?
0: A female guitarist on the, on the west side that opened? Yeah, maybe. No. Okay. No, maybe. I can't
1: think who that is. All right. I'll have to follow up with Jim. He's like, you should get him or get her on the podcast. I was like, well, I would like to talk to Joel Holkstra too. So um, if you can tell, because I always have to look for a Six Degrees G and R bacon—that's what I call yeah. it.
0: Yeah. Well, hey, man, I could tell you this: I did I did a session at Slash's studio this year during White Snake rehearsals, which was kind of cool. Slash stopped by rehearsals, and then uh, Mike Klink—I don't know if you know Mike Klink, sure. the producer, right? Appetite has produced an album. I don't know how many specifics I can give out, but you know, he hired me to play on one of the songs, and so I ended up uh, going over to Slash's studio house and doing the the uh, the track over there. So there's a little G and R story for you, for
1: your GNR podcast. I appreciate that. Yeah, because I know you're doing so many interviews, and uh, I try to be a little different. That's why I throw in that GNR theme, because the only connection I thought you had, uh, and so you you taught me something today, was that it was the the 20th anniversary of the Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp. Uh, It was a few years ago, and it was you, Nancy Wilson, uh, Vinnie Apice, or Apice, however you want to pronounce it, and Stephen Adler was there as well
0: yeah i mean i got ties in with some of the guns guys i mean you know adler and i got to play the stuff together rock and roll fantasy camp and then i was also part of a, a benefit um that nancy sale uh the publicist puts together in la and i played the g and r stuff with adler there and um you know he's a great cat he's so much fun he's just one of a kind you know his his persona is just you know he's such a unique character and uh and and Richard Fortas and I are our friends. You know, Richard was with the dead daisies um, when they opened for White Snake for like a whole run in Europe. and you know, we shared the the private jet with them. So you know we'd private jet every day to the next city in Europe and uh so Richard and I know each other pretty well, and you know all the, the guns guys are all great they're great guys you know um Duff is you know super nice cat and and uh you know we've we've shared the crew with them quite often, so like when guns was down, white snake would kind of use the g and r crew a lot of times mm. so you know there's there's definitely a lot of um a lot of uh, interaction there and and we opened for them once in mexico, i think it was um trying to think of what the name of that festival was. But uh, Sammy Hagar on The Circle actually played just before us. So Sammy Sammy Hagar on The Circle, then Whitesnake, and then GNR. Um, so, you know, yeah, the great cats. You know, love all those guys.
1: I love it. I got to start being as cool as you because I noticed, and I don't mean to make you uh, self-conscious now, you say cats a lot. And you said it uh, during the interview of, uh, during Monday, like he's a cool cat. He's a cool cat, and I guess if I say it, I feel like I'm like a poser. But you're actually a genuine rock star. Could be like he's a cool cat. I'm like man.
0: Well, I think I would probably say it so nerdy that I can get away with it. Maybe that's
1: the way. It is. Just something I I don't know my my mind that I, I that I picked up on. I'm like I wish I can be genuinely cool and be like he's a hip cat. People would just look at me like I have three heads. Uh, I know I I'll have you here for just a few more minutes as we discussed. You're quite the busy guy. But it's interesting, as you mentioned, Richard Fortas, before GNR, he was with Enrique Iglesias. So it's kind of a Mm -hmm. a unique uh, juxtaposition, a word I I learned recently. And so I guess I want to ask, how do you feel when you had this experience with Cher and then you're doing hard rock? Is it just – does it matter to you? Do you approach the the job differently or is it just – yeah. I don't want to answer for you. How do you approach maybe, uh, well, Vegas the yourself? attitude
0: of always trying to do your best, that remains the same for anybody with all that stuff. I actually know some of those guys as well. The Enrique camp, mm. you know, like, um, um, you know, my friend van, uh, Romaine, the drummer is the, the music director and he's actually, um, van is if you look up on YouTube, that cover, I did a uh, Abracadabra Cadabra with Arnel Pineda from journey and Billy Sheehan and van is the drummer on there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so there's 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 tie-ins all over the place. It's kind of a small scene in a lot of ways. So um, yeah, I'm mean, I I'm sure Richard's approach to Enrique and and my approach to Cher is the same type of thing. Where it's like one of those things where you maybe didn't picture that's what you were getting into. guitar hard to do, but it's also kind of this cool experience that you go through and you go, "Oh, wow, this is great!" You know, we're playing arenas and huge shows and getting treated well and having fun with other killer musicians. It's great. To network into, like you know, getting other work out of that, and um, I'm sure Guns and Roses probably feels a lot more like home to him as White Snake does to me. You know, just being able to be like, all right, yeah, this is kind of what I grew up listening to now. So, sure, um, but nonetheless, I mean, those are great opportunities in life to have to play big gigs, and that's nothing, you know, to, to um, take for granted at all. So, you're definitely trying to hit it out of the park and do the best you can.
1: So then let me ask, and you may have answered it already, because I want to pick your brain a bit as a, uh, a seasoned veteran, you know, of, of, of the musician, uh, guitar world, and traveling. Because I see a lot of articles posted about, like, Nita Strauss, how she left, um, you know, or part of ways, however you want to phrase it, Alice Cooper to work with Demi Lovato. And it's kind of the same thing, where it's like, here's this great gig, like you with Cher or Richard with uh, Enrique um, I don't know. I feel like people, maybe you shouldn't judge. Cause I don't know. She gets a lot of judgment. I feel from the rock community that I don't, I don't think it's warranted. You know,
0: as far as I know, I mean, I, I think Nita just took off this run. Uh, so I don't know that she's necessarily like left Alice. Okay. I think she's like, just isn't doing this, this fall run. So, I mean, it may very well be that she's still a part of, you know, the Alice Cooper band. I, I don't know. I haven't talked to Nita in a little bit. You know, she's been a friend for a long time and, um, you know, obviously, I, I wish her well, whatever she's doing. She's always doing great. You know, She's a hard worker and um, has her head on straight. And so, um, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, whatever, whatever works best for her is is what she should be doing. I mean, it's, um, you know, I, I feel like pop gigs in general. They are more about the actual pop star, and that's no big surprise, right? Sure. I mean, like if if somebody's coming to a Cher show, they're there to see Cher, and just like you know, I'm sure very similar that if people are going to a Demi Lovato show, they're they're there to see Demi Lovato. Where when you're in a band, you know, like when I'm in White Snake, I'm on the shirt and I'm on the album, and I'm, I get to write a little for the album, and so you know, your importance to the overall big picture um, is a little bit higher in a rock band than it is for a pop gig. And that's, you know, probably no big surprise to anybody, but I mean, just kind (laughs) of, you know, stating the obvious, I guess. So, you know, that's the kind of thing that for me makes me a little bit happier. So even if you're not, you know, whatever, if, if I was out playing for a pop star for, you know, gigantic crowds every night, but nobody really cared who the guitar player was or, you know, um, then, you know, maybe that takes it down a notch or two in my eyes, you know, and being a part of something that is like the music that inspired me to play guitar and, um, you know, getting my individual name in there a bit more and having a little bit more of an artistic say so and what, what it sounds like. And, you know, then uh, that obviously is going to mean a bit
1: more. Very cool. Very cool. And so it really doesn't matter, I think, as long as the music is good and, and the person is talented, which you clearly are if you go from, again, I hate to keep bringing it up, Cher, uh, then White Snake, Night Ranger, and then TSO, Christmas music. It doesn't matter. It's all great. It's all Joel Hoekstra. So uh, I want to mention, so people, they may not know, because if you want to go to Trans-Siberian or Trans-Siberian.com, all the dates are up there. East Coast, West Coast, you guys, uh, it has all these years have donated so much money uh, and given to charity, a uh, $1 I believe from every ticket. So over $18 million, I'm reading right here, has gone to worthy charities throughout North America. Um, that being said, I do want to ask because I have listeners on both coasts everywhere, anything about international? Because I also have listeners in Scotland and Ireland and Australia and Canada. So I'm just curious if. TSO ever wants to go global, like Santa. you got to go I around mean, the world. There's,
0: there's been some spring tours that have um, gone through Europe, okay. and um, that's something that I think they've definitely toyed around with the idea. A lot of it is the need for it to be an indoor venue, um, mm. just visually, and not have it be the outdoor venues, and, and also the laws with pyro and things like that, because that's that's like a... A no compromise thing with TSO in terms of the production. Mm. And um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, it'd be amazing to see it branch out internationally. Uh, the other thing that's tricky about that is how do you play so many shows around Christmas? So you start talking about, well, I guess you're adding a third band then, touring band, to go out during that time. Or, hmm. you know, how many how many TSO bands are we going to get at that point in time? So, <laughs> yeah. but it, it is something that, you know, I, I think there's, you know, you can picture being more of an international thing for sure.
1: That'd be cool. Kind of franchise TSO, yeah. you know, kind sure. of like McDonald's all everywhere. Mm. Interesting. All right. Well, uh, Joel Holkstra, thank you so much for taking the time. It was a pleasure to meet you the other day, but I'm glad I got to spend some time talking to you one on one and uh, enjoy the rest of your interviews. I hope you just drink some tea and don't ruin your voice.
0: <laughs> thanks so much, bro. Yeah, it was great to meet you there at the station the other day as well and great to chat today. So thanks for taking the time out.
1: Awesome. Hope to do it again. You take care.
0: All right. Cheers. Thanks. Bye bye.
1: So we go from a guy that is playing New Jersey to somebody in New Jersey. And we're going to do this under a segment, my favorite, I think one of yours, Appetite for Discovery. I just want very Appetite. That's the goal. Very Appetite. For Discovery. And what's really funny is, uh, as I'm doing this from from my home in Queens, I was earlier today, I was in New York City at Q1043 and now I'm back home. Doing um, my, my home for my home studio, and my wife comes home, and I said, "I have an interview coming up with this uh with this guy in his band." She's like, "Oh, uh, an appetite for discovery segment." <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "Unbelievable, man!" So, it, Christian, it's funny. We we just got married just a few months ago, and our first oh, congrats, man! Thank you, and our first date, which wasn't the plan. I usually. <laughs> My, I think I've told her this. She's in the other room. I don't care if she hears me. Uh, <laughs> I being at, at the radio station sometimes before my, I work the late night shift normally this week and filming right. in the mornings. So what I would do is like, Hey, do you want to go out for lunch? Like a pizza. There's a pizza place right across from the radio station. And then sometimes if it's going well, Hey, do you want a tour of a radio station? Just to kind of show yeah. up pretend to be cool. And she wanted to hang out with me uh, when I was like, oh, you know what? Uh, thanks for, you know, I'll, I'll see you again. Um, I'm about to do a podcast episode. She's like, do you mind if I hang out? So she like, since I've known her. Oh, cool. She, anyway, this is not about me. This is about you. We're discovering you, Christian Carson. Uh, how are you? <laughs> how are you, sir? Oh, it's
2: all good, man. It's all good. I like to hear all the stories, so that's cool.
1: Right on. So it, it's, well, I feel like I, I know you a little bit. You're kind of almost a stone's throw away. Where in new jersey are you
2: i'm actually currently uh staying in like the tom's river um area so not not too from like seaside and the and the shore and all that stuff um i have some family that that lives over in this area and i've actually bounced quite a quite a bit back and forth from here in in l.a on the west coast so um i went to musicians institute out there for a while um a lot of us guys you know we use kind of musicians institute as a (laughs) as a uh to like you know when when you're uh coming up and stuff and you need some kind of an excuse to to LA you know a school like uh a music school is a good a good reason to go and meet members and meet other people to form your band so that's kind of what I did uh right out of high school and uh been back and forth and have kind of a love-hate relationship with with the west coast and uh Done some great stuff out there, and um, found myself back here recently. And I uh, quite often though we'll we'll bounce back and forth depending on you know whatever's whatever's currently happening project wise. But kind of use that school as a as a uh, reason to get out there and meet a lot of new uh, players and musicians, and just you know get my contacts a little bit more up there. And um, it definitely helped. You know, it definitely helped my situation, and kind of been on a journey ever since so and even before you know i've been playing guitar and singing and stuff since i was around eight nine years old so oh, wow um i've been doing this for my whole life you know
1: right on and i think it's it start it's showing uh, and what's interesting because you've been doing this your whole life and one of the reasons why you're on here today is your debut solo album because you've made a lot of music with right. a lot of people and of course your your band a commonwealth uh for people in my area that uh, I'm sure because you're, you know, you're, what, do you want to call yourself local legends in, in New Jersey? Is that is that too too much? <laughs>
2: whatever, hey man, we've heard all kinds of titles, you know what I mean? Okay. But um, whatever you want to call us, but yeah, <laughs> you know, um, we're we're definitely from this area. I mean, most of the band is from New Jersey, so and from the Tom's River, like area. so you could say that.
1: Then how did you meet uh, my? He, it's funny, my very first interview ever professionally, Bumblefoot. Mm-hmm. Who just oh, I felt man. I I felt a kinship because he's also from Brooklyn. That's where I was born. That's so right. He's Jewish. That's right. and it made me I was like, oh, this is a Jewish rock star. Cool man. <laughs> in Guns yeah. N' Roses. So he he produced or he's feed, you know he's actually on many uh, tracks. Uh, played guitar and tracks. Kind of tell he us is, about a, he, meeting him yeah. and his involvement in, in your new album. And oh his, man, well. It's hashtag vice versa, by the way, not to cut you off, or is it just vice versa? I'm sorry, what'd you say? What's that? The the debut solo album, is it hashtag vice versa? Is that how we're saying it?
2: Oh, it's just vice versa, but we do use the hashtag vice versa for all the social medias. You know how that goes on social media sites or whatever, just to find anything. If anybody looks up anything, hashtag vice versa, it'll come up, but just vice versa.
1: Okay. Cause that's how it was written in the email. Okay. So then, Oh,
2: okay. Yeah. They, they, he probably they, send it to you like that.
1: Yeah. Gotcha. So then clear up the email box. And then I want to know, uh, about your Bumblefoot's involvement. Cause he did some engineering, producing guitar. How did you meet, you know, how did a New Jersey guy meet the Brooklyn guy? Well,
2: I gotta say, man, it's a pretty, pretty cool story. Um, let me see where, you know, how it all really started. Um, when I formed Commonwealth, um, we would always kind of, I had some mutual friends with Bumble. So like Mike Orlando of Adrenaline Mob, a couple other guys, uh, JD from Black Label Society, who's also featured on the new album. Um, So I had a couple mutual friends with Bumble. And at the time I was working with Mike Orlando in the studio, actually working out some of the demos and some tracks for what became this album. And Mike had to go on tour with nocturnal which is another band that he has with mike portnoy uh billy is billy sheehan in that band? actually no i'm not but it's mike portnoy and a couple other uh a couple other great musicians Uh, the whole band is incredible but they were going on tour in south america so um sons of apollo
1: Apollo, that band
2: you know that's bumble's bumble's band with portnoy also who's in portnoy's in a lot of projects but wow, um, okay, and it's yeah. funny we'll, we'll end up mentioning i'll end up bringing up sons of apollo probably as well but at the time i was working with mike orlando and he was leaving for tour with nocturnal so we had to kind of cut our sessions a little bit short and when we started tossing around names to say you know who i should maybe go finish this up with and you know who would be really great, where bumble came up and he is such a great guy man and just such probably one of if not I'd say definitely one of, if not the nicest guy in this business. He's just a great, great guy. All the, of course, an amazing position. but as a person, you'll really never hear anybody say anything bad about the guy. Such a good dude, and um, he really, really, really kind of like took me under his wing and helped me with this with this album. Which I couldn't be, you know, more honored and and uh, humble to have him and be a part of it. I mean. I also, you know, grew up a Guns N' Roses fan, of course, and um, I was a fan of a lot of Bumble's solo stuff as well, you know, and his work with some of the Chinese democracy-like era and stuff, I mean, it's so cool to be able to bring those things up to him and ask him about those times when we're in those sessions, because I'm such a fan as well, you know, but... um His name got brought up and between me and Mike Orlando. And, uh, you know, I I was in contact with Bumble through like email and we would hit each other up once in a while. send like the latest Commonwealth video and stuff. And he'd always give me some some cool feedback on it. And uh, when I brought up, you know, doing the album with him, he happened to be open and off off the road for a little while. Um, So I jumped in the studio with him. And yeah, man, he's on multiple records. Uh, playing guitar and he also, you know, engineered the whole album and he really did help me produce a lot of the, a lot of the material too. So he's got, he's wearing multiple hats, you know, on on vice versa. And like I said, dude, I just couldn't be more honored to have him, you know, as a part of it all the way around. So
1: um, really, really cool. Really cool. It is. It's kind of like your own personal Chinese democracy in a way, but it's coming out. (laughs) (laughs) In In
2: a way. (laughs) And it's funny because it kind of took me like, a decent amount of time to do it not not anything near sure sure. time but um with the pandemic and stuff like smack dab in the middle of when this was kind of going on um it definitely made things a little bit more difficult at times but um we got through it and bumble in the studio that we use really not too far from where i am currently in jersey so um it worked out that way as well and uh I'm just, like I said, man, I'm just honored to have him on. And it's, it's definitely really cool. And being a fan myself, it's, it's one of those things sometimes where you're like, man, is this really kind of a pinch yourself kind of moment, you know, where you're like, man, this is, this is what's going on, you know? And and it's just, uh, it's real cool because you're such a fan at heart, you know, it's, you never lose those, those feelings,
1: you know, uh, really, really. And that's something I I still remember to this day, Uh, again, my first interview ever, Jeez, it's like over a a decade now. This is when I started up in – I'm a New York guy, but my my on-air career started in in Cape Cod, and I met. Just to condense this this story, some of my listeners should know this. uh, I was dating a girl in Canada. We went to see Guns N' Roses in Canada, and this was the Bumblefoot era. And I was the only one that recognized him because he came out to talk to one of the security guards – Because at that time, that was when the leaks were happening and I was really big in my GNR forum. So I recognized him and we stayed in in touch on MySpace until the tour was over to schedule an interview for Pixie 103 in Cape Cod. And and then a few years later when I was working at WPDH in Poughkeepsie, uh, commuting from – you'll know this. uh, Forgive me for my – my friends in uh, you know, Ireland have no – this doesn't make any sense to them, but I was commuting either <laughs> from uh, Long Island or Brooklyn to Poughkeepsie, which is like right. a two-hour you know, drive. Yeah, that's it, a little bit of a trek, yeah. yeah. But you know, you got to do what you got to do on radio, and then I, I – yeah. but on the way up, I was filling in something uh, – you know, the morning show was still going on, and Bumblefoot was a guest. And I was like, oh, I have to meet Bumblefoot in person and thank him you know, for the interview and all, all these years later. I got yeah. caught speeding. I got caught. I got caught. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and then to add on to that, and I'll, we'll see. I, don't, I, I don't want to, I don't want to call it an elephant in the room because Bumblefoot to this day, my experiences with him is everything he said. He's one of the nicest guys on the planet. Something yeah. about the Guns of Roses thing is just toxic to people, and he has graciously uh, declined uh, to be on the podcast since like the beginning. He's just like, uh, you know, if it was another podcast, I know, he's not the only one I've heard this from because this is yeah. appetite for distortion even though hey Christian we're talking about New Jersey we're going to talk about your album we're not here just talking about GNR I'm like all oh, for just say hey, let's talk about Sons of Apollo so I'll just keep I uh, I don't know Christian just uh, next time you talk to be like Brando he's a, he's a nice guy he's not going to ask you about what was Axel like my listeners want to know
2: yeah that maybe that's what he was concerned with I'm sure you know is is uh some of that stuff or whatever but yeah man I I for sure mentioned We'll mention it to him that I was on and uh, and about you for sure, man.
1: <laughs> I am such a uh, well, maybe he'll understand the Jewish guilt because again we're we're, <laughs> we're kinsmen. You, <laughs> you know, I, I you
2: guess may, think... and if he if he you know gets to speak with you. Uh, you Know off the air or something first or whatever, and you guys can go over whatever you need to or
1: whatever. But well, um, let me ask that then because you don't even have to, I don't want you to say in the off air conversations on the air. But you had mentioned something earlier how you're a fan of Guns N' Roses and the album that he was a part of. And talking about sure, is he okay talking about the album off the air? Because I think what the uh, issue is is clickbait, which I have no control over. You know, I think right, that's what the problem right. is.
2: Yeah, say that's probably a concern. if it is. I mean, I could see that as a concern if it was me um, for that particular situation. And, you know, in this business, man, it's a lot about, you know, everybody really knows each other. And it's, you know what I mean? Everybody really knows this yeah. one, knows that one. And um, I think sometimes it's, it's hard to speak about things like that, you know, in such a public form. Sometimes it's good to keep some of that stuff. To the vest close to close the vest but okay but um
1: i, I don't want to, to push say, it i just want to talk you know i just want to talk to yeah, oh, a, sure, man. you know I'm ron sure, to and brandon
2: he like a really great guy dude i'm sure that you <laughs> wouldn't you know cross any lines with him or whatever and honestly man what he could respectfully just say you know oh uh, you Pass. know i don't want to answer that at this time but yeah. you know what i mean maybe sometime in the future or whatever so there's always ways to show, sure. like you know well kind Of uh, dip out of the question if you really need to, you know. Well, again, but,
1: enough about me. I want to know what did he bring? I know it's, I have to redirect. What, what did he bring to your album that you were like, Whoa, my brain would not even have even gone there? Because I think that's what yeah. a lot of Chinese democracy did for me and probably a lot of fans. Like, I just didn't expect to hear certain guitar sound. I'm like, It really just opened my Absolutely. eyes. So, what, what, I guess maybe, maybe some of your favorite tracks that. We should be looking forward to on vice versa. Sure.
2: Sure, yeah, man. There's a I mean, one in particular that I'm really excited about is a song called Hold on Me, which features myself on vocals and guitar, Bumblefoot on guitar and does some amazing lead work on that song in particular. I mean, that's the one thing, you know, with Bumble it's like I love his style and just his identity through his guitar playing. Um, I think he's one of the you know, most unique players out there. Um, we give him the credit from some other amazing guitar players too, like Satriani and other players like that. I'd give Bumble a lot of credit, which is amazing. And he deserves every bit of it, but I love his identity um, through his playing, you know, and that's something that on, on Chinese democracy that I have to say in certain sessions, when we were working together, of course, you being a fan of that era and stuff too, I had definitely some questions for him about, you know, certain things on the album, like the song Sorry and a few others on there that are some of my favorites on that record. But on on Vice Versa, the song Hold On Me, we have Bumble, myself, J.D. from Black Label Society on bass, and we have actually Sebastian Box on Paris on drums nice. on that track. And definitely very excited about that one in particular, which when the album is here physically we are going to uh, most likely put up a uh, a good teaser of that song in particular. But uh, yeah, it's, it's really cool. It's called Hold On Me, features all of us on there. Bumble's on probably, I think it's about four to five tracks on the album. Uh, there's about nine songs total on the record. Um, the song Hold On Me was the very final one that we did for the album, which features all of, all of us guys. And I mean, man, killer track. It's, it actually reminds me of something, um, kind of in the Chinese democracy style era. It's, uh, and I have to say, I I did write this song with, you know, knowing that was going to be on this song with me, you know, and, um, some of the players that were involved, I did have that in mind when writing the tune. So, I thought about that and thought about like his era with, with guns and stuff like that and really tried to get um that to kind of shine through on this particular track. But the whole the whole album is filled with some really great stuff. It's got a few renditions of covers, uh, and then all the rest is original stuff. But that song in particular, Hold on Me is I'm looking, you know, very forward to see the reaction on that track.
1: What's the date that we get to hear it?
2: Actually we're we're looking as soon as next week sometime, so around September uh, 25th or so, 24th, to actually physically release. And if anybody checks our socials, which Instagram.com slash Commonwealth um, underscore Facebook.com slash Commonwealth NJ, any of those places, you can find all the stuff on my solo stuff and the band stuff as well. So you'll have all the posts there with the release and everything that's going on. We're actually running a uh, giveaway right now, too, with the record. If you go ahead and order it over at commonwealth.bigcartel.com, you can be automatically entered to win some autographed Bumble and myself stuff, uh, some photos, high-gloss photos and pics. Oh, nice. So, yeah, some really cool chances for people to win some, some cool memorabilia.
1: Very cool. I, I, and i got to ask before I let you go, how is uh, Paris, uh, Sebastian's son? Because it's interesting that – Almost like Slash's son. He didn't follow in the same footsteps. I mean, I don't know if Paris can sing or not, but he's a drummer. Obviously, Sebastian's a singer. So, anything right. like his dad? Any sort of maybe like this? Does he bring the, the box spirit? He, I'll tell you
2: what, man, he definitely does. And he is a monster on the drums. Um, the, the stuff that he sent back to us, his tracks, he did his tracks in Vegas and where he's currently staying. And man, he sent us back some great tracks. He's a, he's a monster. He's, uh, definitely got the bit of the the double, the double bass, you know, and stuff going on. So he's, um, you know, into like some of the modern, um, techniques of, of, uh, you know, metal and hard rock drumming and stuff too, which really kind of was awesome to hear Bumble mixed in with that element as well on drums, you know, and, Mm. and just the rest of us, you know, with JD on bass and, all the elements that you know each person brings individually really came together on this track to make a really interesting um, sound. I, I joked around a few times during it saying, "Man, we gotta we gotta turn this into a full band, you know." <laughs> and do, I was going to ask. This out. Yeah, it's just awesome, you know. So I'm stoked for people to hear that track. But Paris is a great, great kid, man. He's he's a monster. He really is. He, he uh, did his tracks. Probably sent them back to me in two days, and and it was great great. He killed it on the track. So he's, he's a good, good guy.
1: Any plans to, I know it's not a fall band technically, but any plans to to tour, do some live shows with this stuff?
2: I have to say absolutely. Um, fall right now, I am being booked for some stuff for fall. So like I said, if you head over to our pages or near our media stuff, you'll be able to see all those dates and stuff that are going to be coming out. But, um, as far as with, with these guys and everything, there has been a little bit of talk about that between me and Paris and when I, and I've, you know, brought it up to Bumble before, and, um, right now, you know, everybody's involved in, in different things. So, um, it's really about just finding the right time to do it. And I got to say this brand, it's like, you never know in this business what's going to happen. Um, so you never say never, you know, and, um, that could that could definitely happen at some point you never say never you know um right now it's not set with any particular dates confirmed to do that lineup and to go out there and do it but it has been discussed behind the scenes
1: okay i love it right on well yeah, i, I yeah. hope to see you uh out on the road i know you're going to be out on the road regardless of you know whether it's For the, sure. this concoction or either commonwealth
2: or yeah or solo or like maybe a like you just we just mentioned, possibly a lineup like this where we bring some of the stuff from the record out there.
1: Good stuff. Christian Carson, I really appreciate your time getting to know you a little bit. Uh, today. Oh, thank you for having me,
2: man. I really appreciate you having me on the show. Awesome. You got it.
1: I don't know if it comes off as desperate or funny, maybe both, but I'm always going to keep putting out the feelers to Bumblefoot. I I understand. You know, it's interesting that... Well, who I, I did an interview with Rachel Bowen, right, never mentioned Sebastian Bach's name once, and there was an outlet that put Sebastian Bach in the headline. I mean, I could do all I can do. So uh, hopefully Bumblefoot comes on, and I know, I guess people pay attention to this podcast, all the news outlets waiting for something Guns N' Roses related to say, possibly turn it negative. Well, we don't have to talk GNR. Same thing goes out to Duff and to Slash, and just trying to will these Bucket list interviews into existence or buckethead That's ugh. again, brain told me a bucket head interview would be harder than getting Axel. So I don't know what, <laughs> wow. Uh, what a, man, that would make me famous though. Axel, a or bu- or bucket Just put the, let's put out the vibes. Let's just think. Let's okay. It's not going to work, but what is going to happen in the future? I can tell you this because the gap between episodes may be longer than in years past because I've been working hard on Doug's book, trying to put this monstrosity together, as Axel once said about the new Guns N' Roses. So in an up- upcoming episode, soon. So if you're hearing this, don't, don't wait to reach out to me on social media to email me at theafdshow at gmail.com because it's going to be Doug and I. On an episode which we've done before, but specifically giving you an update on the book and answering and gathering your questions, because where I'm at is I have a working outline. After all this time, it's just been such a a task. Which it, that's uh, what was expected to get all of Doug's stories and, and try to put them in a in a way that it tells a story to the a, a larger story, I should say. Uh, and, and have it make sense and take you on a ride. So I think I have a working outline now. And before I really glue that, this puzzle piece together, I want you to be involved more so. I'm trying to involve all of you in answering these, uh, getting questions from you. I put it out there before on podcasts and on social media, and, and you've helped me with the books, book so far, but I want your help to uh, have Doug and I bring it home. Okay, so what are we missing? So we're going to talk about that. So getting your questions, whether – if you want to respond on, on Twitter, on Facebook, they're on posts up on there. You can put them in the comment section, fine. But email is the best way, theafdshow at gmail.com. And you, we may read your question on the air. We may answer it on the air. I don't want to spoil anything that's going to be in the book. So we may give a teaser. But like, hey, we, we did talk about this, but we can't say anything. yet. Or maybe like, hey, you know what? This is not going to fit in the book. Let's just tell you now. Maybe that'll happen. All right, so stick around. Uh, again, the best way to keep in touch with, uh, with me when that episode is going to air, social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and please subscribe on YouTube. All right, that does it. I don't know if you could tell, my brain is for ride. I mentioned doing the morning show all week. 3.05 wake-up times. I think that's when Axel goes to bed, right? No, he goes to bed later at 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock in the morning. Oh, man. It's not going to last forever. It's not November rain. All right, I am losing it. So that does it for this episode of Appetite for Distortion. When will you see the next one? In the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy. You'll see it, I don't know, as soon as the word. No! Fuck it! No! Yeah! Thanks to the lame-ass security, I'm going home.